You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories. And I am your host, your grateful host, Ross Jackson. You can catch me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. And of course, the ASC stands for All Saints Considered, which is where you can find me over at allsaintsconsidered.com. You can see my articles as well as other talented writers, articles, and podcasts as well. Uh, so make sure you check, you're checking us out over there. Uh, I got a great show for y'all today. We got a big injury update on Marcus Davenport, courtesy of Nick Underhill yesterday morning. So if you haven't heard about that, make sure that you stick around. And I'll tell you what's going on with our number one draft pick that we uh spent high on after that uh you're gonna hear my conversation with uh chris thornton from over at locked on jaguars he was kind enough to join me uh yesterday we got together and sort of did a little bit of a crossover episode for you we discussed each other's drafts and then we also discussed what each of us is looking forward to heading into thursday night's preseason matchup against one another so stick around and be sure to catch that so a big thank you to chris for joining us but right now we're going to get started talking about this Marcus Davenport injury situation and in fact I have got some injury updates all across the board too because we ended the week with uh, a good good portion of people on the sideline but we've got some information about that after yesterday's thank you so much for being here y'all stick around here at Locked on Saints so the advocates Nick Underhill blessed us this morning with uh, an article uh, Saints believe Marcus Davenport will take the next step to his development when he returns from his muscle pull so that actually sounds like some good news there. Uh, he's been sidelined for, uh, as Nick says here, six sessions, six practice sessions. Uh, and w- there was some concern about whether or not it was more serious than it turns out that it actually is or anything like that. And so, um, you know, I, I, I've gotten a few questions about how's Davenport doing? Should we be concerned? Should we be worried? My thing is like, don't ever be concerned or worried until you actually know what it is, especially within this organization where Sean and Mickey tend to be pretty hush hush. And then they only uh, really put out the information that they absolutely have to release. Uh, So if you're not hearing this person is out for the season, don't expect that that person's out for the season (laughs) because that's just not going to be, that's not often the case. And if it is, you don't worry yourself twice. So that ain't no way to live. So with Marcus Davenport, on the docket to return from this muscle pull sometime soon. I don't, again, I, I stand by what I said yesterday, so I don't necessarily believe that he's, that we're going to see a ton of him in the first preseason game. I would rather not, honestly, uh, because the big part, the rest of this conversation that takes place within this article is about Ryan Nielsen sort of talking about how um, it's the mental part where I'm impressed with this guy. Uh, he's in the meetings early and he's studying when you have that. And I think our group has that. I think our group is a smart group of guys in terms of football IQ and Marcus fits in that group. So the idea being that he is ready or not ready, but the coaching staff sees something in Marcus that says when he does return from this from this muscle pull that he's ready to take the next step, which is what Underhill's article is all about here. And so thank you, Underhill, for posting this. Good to know that, you know, this is a little bit of a, you know, even uh, Ryan Nielsen in this article, you'll see when he comes back from this little injury where he'll take the next step too. 
So even the the Saints coaches are calling it a little injury and everything. So it's just the muscle pull. I thought it was his thumb. I, I mean, I had the feeling that it was his thumb and he had just re-aggravated it and that's all that it was. And so they were just kind of keeping him on ice for a little bit so that, you know, he didn't further injure that before it went from being hurt to an injury, which is a very big difference there. Uh, so grateful to hear that Marcus Davenport is dealing with a minor injury and that will hopefully be seeing him back in practice uh sounds like very very soon and when we do it might be reasonable to expect him to begin to show his development into an nfl pass rusher which is really really exciting um on other injury news uh this is a tweet from josh katzenstein that came out uh yesterday uh yesterday evening or i'm sorry um well yesterday evening for me for for y'all it's monday evening uh but the saints are getting healthier benjamin watson cameron meredith cameron moore jt gray are back after extended absences larry Worf, i'm sorry War, yeah larry warford uh teron armstead and austin carr were back today too that's huge that's crazy well not crazy but it's huge because those are i mean listen to those names again benjamin watson starting tight end cameron meredith slot mechanic larry warford starting left guard or starting guard um teron armstead starting left tackle and then austin carr who's in the midst of that fourth i mean sorry who's in the midst of that fifth maybe even sixth place or sixth spot um, amongst the rest of the wide receivers. So it's huge to have all of them back. Uh, I, I had a conversation, uh, yesterday with, um, with my homie Chris Connor over at, uh, Canal Street Chronicles and, uh, also for basketball fans, Bird Rights, uh, and Full Cut Press. Uh, and he and I were talking about, um, Cameron Moore and we were talking about Benjamin Watson. Cameron Moore was playing really, really well, uh, before, his injury. So I'm excited to see him get back. I'd love to actually see him get some preseason action on Thursday, though, fingers crossed, because he's just now coming back on Monday. Yeah, it's possible we could see him. Actually, it's very likely we could see him for a little bit. Um, but we're talking about Benjamin Watson, and I think Benjamin Watson deserved to take the time that he needed to come back from what was uh, bothering him early on uh, in training camp and then take the time to, you know, do those ice baths, as Chris said, or like be in the weight, re in the training room and get everything done. Uh, take your time because he's such an important part of the Saints uh, culture, really. I mean, there's no better word than that. He's such a big part of the Saints culture. You know, having him on the sideline at any time brings value to the team. That's that's the thing that's really incredible about Ben Watson. I mean, you can follow this dude. You can see everything he does, all the amazing things he does, the amazing stories he has to tell and the amazing things that he stands for. You can sort of take a look at him and you can see the attitude that he brings to the football field and the attitude that he brings as a mentor to young professionals such as uh, Dion Yelder, who out of the undrafted free agent tight end out of Western Kentucky that we're hoping will develop. And then now Dan Arnold, uh, who's making his transfer from wide receiver to tight end. Y'all heard me mention him uh, yesterday. So this is really exciting to see all of these pieces coming back. And then, of course, uh, Larry Warford coming back is all, is huge for us on the interior offensive line, although it looks like Will Clapp is having a great uh, training camp playing at both guard positions and center. Cameron Tom was looking good uh, until he got sidelined for a little bit. Uh, and then um, Josh Laribas is in there doing his thing too. So, but to have Larry Warford back is just that next level interior protection. And Teron Armstead, whenever he's out there and whenever he's healthy, he is the best, one of the best at his at his position. So to have them ready to go is great. Cameron Meredith, uh, I don't know that we're going to see. I, I mentioned this yesterday. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of Cameron Meredith on Thursday, though. Like selfishly, I would love to see uh, Cameron Meredith do some work 
there. But after uh, Traquan Smith took a screen to the house in practice on Monday, I'm perfectly happy just watching Traquan Smith all game against these uh, these Jacksonville cornerbacks that are all going to be fighting for spots. So that's going to be a really exciting, uh, really exciting thing. And Jacksonville's actually got a lot of deep deep talent at corner but as you'll hear chris and i talk about later they're just buried under ramsey and boye uh, while they're fighting for that nickel position austin carr being back healthy is great for him too because he's like i said earlier he's fighting for that fifth or sixth slot in the wide receiver depth you figure the first four spots are locked between um uh, Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn Jr., Cameron Meredith, and Traquan Smith. And then there's the fifth and sixth spots that are there, potentially only fifth. I don't know if we're going to keep five or six wide receivers. So uh, hopefully for Austin Carr's case, we keep six because then he's got two spots to fight for, even though it looks like one of them is pretty solidly going to Tommy Lee Lewis, who's making play after play in training camp and is now uh, number one on the kick return and punt return depth chart, which, like I said yesterday, I think that that really has just more to do about giving him the reps first over Brandon Tate. Uh, in live action because you know he's been with the team for longer uh, but having Austin Carr back is huge for him uh, being able to get in there and fight for his spot so it's looking good man it's looking good this is exactly what we were hoping to see heading into uh, the first preseason game and then now we just hope you know all these people are getting healthy now we just hope to keep them healthy throughout the season all right, y'all, that's it for this injury update as we get closer and closer to Thursday's matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And also on that note, hang out because coming up next, I've got Christopher Thornton from over at Locked on Jags. We're going to take a look at that preseason match as it gets closer and closer. And then we also talk about our drafts uh, and share some information there as well. So keep it locked here at Locked on Saints. We will be right back with Christopher Thornton from Locked on Jags. All right, y'all, welcome back to Locked on Saints slash Locked on Jaguars crossover. We have our guest, Christopher Thornton. You're going to hear our conversation that we had uh, yesterday looking ahead to the preseason matchup as well as talking about our draft picks that we're excited about. And we're a little surprised. We were both a little surprised by our first round draft picks. So that was kind of cool to get to talk about. Uh, and we also talk about some of the LSU players that they have going through Jacksonville. Y'all are going to love this. Make sure you follow Christopher Thornton at Misto Cristofo, and you can also follow Locked on Jags at Locked on Jaguars. All right, y'all, check it out. Uh, so we have a few questions lined up for each other. Uh, we're just going to kind of ask a question and the other answers, and I guess can kind of give a little bit if the other is kind of curious as well. But I'm just going to lead off with the uh, Saints first round draft pick in Marcus Davenport. Mm -hmm. uh, Ross, just tell me a little bit how you felt about that trade and how uh, Davenport's doing in camp so far. Well, honestly, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't shocked when it happened, you know, uh, giving up a first round pick for next year in order to swap first round picks this year. We also tossed in a fifth round pick as well. Uh, all that going to the Green Bay Packers in exchange for the number 14 overall so that we could select defensive end Marcus Davenport of the University of Texas San Antonio, which I was sort of expecting that to be more like Lamar Jackson out of Louisville or potentially Harold Landry out of Boston College, but then that whole thing went down. Uh, but I'm glad that we made the pick that we did. I mean, uh, after hearing Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, and Jeff Ireland talk about it after the draft, this was the guy from the very beginning. This this was the person that they wanted. This was the guy that they were, uh, excuse the pun, but locked in on. Uh, they <laughs> knew that this is who they were going to go after, and they went after, went after him, and they did it. And so there's a pretty good chance that he would have ended up going to Green Bay 
uh, at that fourth round pick. He was often mocked there, which of course is never truly an identifier, but you know it gives you a pretty okay idea. And they are, you know, Green Bay's in need of a pass rusher, so he would have fit the profile for what you know they would have been looking at in the first round. Uh, this is somebody now that we get to put opposite Cameron Jordan on the opposite side of the defensive line and create some disruption uh, from both sides, as well as getting people like uh, Sheldon Rankins. Uh, Tyler Davison and uh, David Onyemata, who are our defensive tackles and nose tackles, getting them in there and letting them start to be disruptive as well. Um, I expect that he's going to have more of a rotational role at the beginning of the season, and I expect that we're actually going to keep him on ice as much as possible during the preseason. Right now, he's dealing with a thumb injury that we believe, I'm purely speculating at this point, but that we believe is has been sort of re-injured, not really re-injured, let me say aggravated, uh, because he's on the sideline, he's running, he's walking, so it's not the lower body injury that you would ex- that you really sort of get nervous about when it comes to big guys in the trenches. So we're just keeping an eye on that, um, and you know, hoping that the big thing for him is that he's going to have to develop. He came from a small school uh, over at UTSA. Uh, didn't you know? Not a lot of big school competition, but really balled out at the Senior Bowl and everything. So we're hoping that he'll be able to bring that intensity and add to the versatility of our already growing uh or i'll say evolving defensive line yeah i mean it just seems like even just a season or two ago that that saints offense was always has always been killer with drew Brees. Mm -hmm. Uh, no matter who you trot out there at receiver drew Brees is going to make it work uh but the defense always seemed to be the weak point and then uh last year you get the emergence of marshawn Lattimore, who's bound to be one of the best young corners in the game right now uh and then you get guys like cameron jordan who are really underrated uh in the league as a whole so that's really exciting for you guys to get a really developmental defensive end uh to kind of mold in that defensive line and really just help the entire defense as a whole yeah absolutely it's 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 been nice to be able to come out of these past three well not not this past year but the three seven and nine seasons that came before that's where we fielded a historically bad defense led by the likes of brandon browner and jairus bird Uh, (laughs) and uh to be able to sort of fit in middle of the pack last year despite finishing the year with 22 players on injured reserve so I mean to be able to finish middle of the pack in the defense last year and then to be able to be very close to uh competing in the NFC uh, divisional championship I'm sorry uh NFC conference championship we're returning uh, the majority of those players and then we added some key additions this uh offseason that should also help with that. So now I have a question for you about your draft too, because y'all took a guy in the first round that was often mocked to the Saints. And so I'm kind of curious about how his fit has been with you. Uh, Taven Bryant, the defender, Taven Bryan, sorry, the defensive tackle out of Florida, hometown guy at least. Uh, one of the reasons why he was mocked to the Saints so often and sort of connected to the Saints so often is because of his versatility. How's he looked in your system over in Jacksonville? All right, so just like you with Davenport, I can say that I was also very shocked by this pick. <laughs> I was not expecting this at all. Uh, Zach and I were actually at Bryant's Pro Day in Gainesville, so we kind of got a firsthand view of him. But it was never one of those things that I thought was actually going to uh, facilitate or ever materialize. Uh, but then they end up calling him, and at first I was really kind of skeptical of the move. I was like, why do we need to do this? But uh, – in all honesty, it's a huge – this whole draft for the Jags this year was really getting guys to start for next year and beyond, a real kind of reload draft, but with really good talent. Uh, he's looked really good. Right now, he's uh, – Calais Campbell has been his biggest mentor. They are 
inseparable at training camp. Not uh, a bad mentor to have. Campbell is constantly critiquing Brian. Brian has even taught Campbell a few things. Uh, but uh, Campbell's pure athlete, or not, sorry, Campbell, Brian's athleticism is just off the charts. And Campbell is really molding that into uh, in Brian. Uh, Brian had a rep earlier in camp where he was in a one-on-one drill and he was able to drop an offensive lineman with one arm. Oof. He just like picked him up and just dropped him with one. And it was that clip blew up on Zach's uh, Twitter. But uh, he's going really well. He's really been uh, been developed at the five tech right now. So mm. he's not really working as a DT, but more as a big end behind Campbell. And with the uh, unofficial depth chart dropping today for the Jags, he's actually uh, the second string behind Campbell over now second-year player Dwan Smoot. So that's interesting to see that he's kind of climbed the depth chart in there. So uh, I think a lot of people really thought Campbell or uh, Bryant would be replacing Malik Jackson or Marcel Darius, who have a lot of cap come in the next few years. But I think Campbell might be one of the first people out of this defensive line to either retire or be cut. I'm not sure. And then Bryant would actually take Campbell's spot at the edge. But yeah, I would say he's gone really good. I'm excited to see uh, how much they use him in the preseason and uh, what he does there. Nice. Yeah, it was one of the one of the things that was really nice about him is that versatility, and that's something that we always value over in New Orleans as well as versatility on both the defensive and offensive lines. And so when you have somebody that can sort of swing and rotate and you know play not necessarily nose tackle, but you know it can shoot gaps in the middle and then also bend the edge. That's that's a really valuable type of piece to have uh, on the on, on the football field. All right, so the Saints were blessed with uh, having both the offensive and defensive rookie of the year from their rookie class, which is something that hasn't been done in a very long time. I believe the eighties uh, in Alvin Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, so tell me with. On the offensive side, with Kamara coming in how he did last year, and then on top of a guy like Ingram getting suspended, how do you think the Saints offense is going to kind of deal with that? Do you think Kamara will end up uh, keeping the starting running back role throughout the entire season, or do you think Ingram might be able to retake that role? Uh, I think that what's going to end up happening is that we're essentially going to have somebody else that's going to plug in and fill in for Mark Ingram's I don't want to say his production, but certainly his contribution. Uh, The big thing about the way that Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram worked last year was just the the, the dynamic between the two of them. They were two vastly different runners, though they had a lot of the same skill set. So with Mark Ingram missing the first four games of the season, I don't expect, and many of us in, in, in the Saints media don't expect that, uh, Alvin Kamara is going to increase to you know points where he's taking on a full share. Uh, so we signed uh, veteran Terrence West out of Baltimore, and then we've also got Shane Vereen that just came in, and then we've also got rookie six-round pick out of Louisiana Tech, Boston Scott, who all have the potential to sort of compete to be the person that splits snaps with Alvin Kamara. I think personally that player is going to be Terrence West. Terrence West is somebody that has the ability to run between the tackles, but then has also proven himself to be a viable option out of the backfield. Uh, not last year, but in 2016, he sort of showed, he start, he was able to actually sort of put that on display in Baltimore. And so I think it's going to be Terrence West coming in and sort of subsidizing the type of contribution that Mark Ingram had that sort of sets up the dynamic shift that takes place once Alvin Kamara takes the field. All right. Uh, yeah, that's. 
I that was kind of a signing that it made a lot of sense when you guys got West uh, this past year, uh, especially once the Ingram suspension came out, uh, which I completely agree with. I think West is going to be able to kind of plug himself right in and fill in that uh, Mark Ingram spot. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was it was a good pick. Apparently, he was somebody or a good pickup. I think apparently he was somebody that the uh, front office was looking at picking up regardless of the suspension to Mark Ingram, but it just sort of happened to be mm-hmm. uh, it just sort of happened to work. <laughs> I don't want to say work out, you know what I mean? But yeah, but you know, all in good fortune. On the other side, when it comes to uh, to you guys, I know that you have a little bit of a shuffle going on at wide receiver with Allen Robinson starting having found his way out. Uh, and then I believe on the the unofficial depth chart that just re- that just released today, uh, Dante Moncrief, who is a, sort of a new signing for you guys, sort of finds himself into the back uh, toward the back of the, the crowded uh, wide receiver battle there. How's that looking for y'all? And, and uh, what, what sort of do you expect to take place before the season begins? Honestly, this depth chart kind of was a surprise because for all of camp in the offseason, Jags fans and media, myself included, uh, we kind of knew who the top five receivers on the, were going to make the roster, and then we still don't know who the sixth will be if they carry a sixth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had no idea what the order was going to be because there's so many guys that kind of have similar roles. And then you have a rookie like DJ Shark coming in uh you guys should know him in new orleans pretty well for lsu uh he came in and he's been having a phenomenal camp and he was able to i believe he's what the third spot maybe third Mm -hmm. or fourth uh but uh moncrief i believe is just kind of that low because he's been dealing with injuries all camp and he hasn't really been available and doug marone uh head coach for the jags has been preaching always preaches that the best uh ability is availability Mm. and nobody on this roster is really handed a spot you kind of have to earn your spot and i think that's just kind of purely moncrief being at the fifth spot due to that he hasn't been available so guys who have been readily available throughout camp are uh, kind of getting reps over him, and therefore they're going to kind of get snaps over him uh, in that regard. And uh, just kind of elaborating on it, I think it'll probably going into the season, they have Lee at the one. I don't know if that means he'll actually be outside. I think Lee will end up being uh, a slot. And I think you could honestly have Marquise Lee as your slot, and then Keelan Cole, who came out of nowhere last year, he was an undrafted uh, free agent last yeah. year, had a strong camp, didn't out. He made the initial 53, but he didn't really get a whole lot of playing time until about midway through the season when wide receivers started going down with injuries. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he just kind of broke out, had a huge game against Houston where he had almost 200 receiving yards. uh, Or maybe he had 200, almost had 300. Either way, he had a a bunch of huge games. So he kind of cemented himself as almost a number one in just one year coming out of as a UDFA. So that was something interesting to watch. And then Shark, like I said, Shark's been phenomenal in camp. Uh, he's really growing as a receiver because at LSU he kind of uh, would cradle catches and they called it alligator arms where he mm-hmm. wouldn't kind of extend. <laughs> and now he's really extending and using that length that he has. So that's been really interesting to watch uh, just as a whole for the wide receiver group. Yeah, absolutely. We're, I mean, you know, all of us down in New Orleans, we're all cheering on DJ Chark and Leonard Fournette over there. So, you know, you, you got yourself a nice haul of uh, LSU players these last couple drafts here. Yeah, and when you guys got uh, Anzalone, the mm-hmm. linebacker, I was excited for that because I feel like he kind of was underrated in the draft process. And I saw that uh, 
I mean, how would you rate his la- his year last year? I thought I heard that he had a pretty decent year. He did. He had a really he had a really good year leading up to the up, up until the injury, uh, yeah. which was just an unfortunate thing, and it was something that we knew was a risk with taking him. Uh, but I mean, he's got such a high ceiling. He's so athletic. He's really rangy. He's got great speed, great coverage ability, uh, and this year in training camp, he's actually showing off his pass rushing ability a little more than he was able to last year too. He's saying right now that he is playing at the healthiest that he has been since college. So, I mean, if he's able to stay healthy and then he's able to sort of team up with uh, new acquisition Demario Davis, uh, who will probably be who will probably play uh, in the middle of the linebackers. Uh, and then uh, A.J. Klein, who we signed last year from uh, Carolina. I mean, the three of them are all rangy uh, run stopper, like gritty tackling machines that also have some good coverage ability, too. So if he's able to stay healthy for us like he was at the beginning of last season, uh, he he's he's looking up, and he could be sort of that next third round pick for whatever reason. We just have great luck with third round picks since Jeff Ireland came <laughs> through, uh, and so he could be that next person along with Alvin Kamara and right now Traquan Smith uh, out of UCF. Definitely a unit that seems to be just day and night uh, talent wise for the Saints finally to match with that offense. Let let's see if we can get a Jacksonville New Orleans Super Bowl going down in Atlanta. I'd be all about that. That that would be very fun. I am completely <laughs> behind that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much for everything, man. Really appreciate you. And y'all are doing some great work over there. So keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. And that wraps up today's episode of Locked On Saints. Thank you so much, Christopher, for coming through. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Misto Cristofo, and you can follow Locked On Jags at Locked On Jaguars. A lot of fun to be able to do these crossover episodes, but that's what it's like when you're a part of a network and part of a family like this. You know, we rock with our crossovers out here. So I appreciate y'all for coming through, and I appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, make sure you come back tomorrow. Uh, you're gonna hear me talking about uh, all the things leading, all the things that I'm excited about watching leading up to that preseason game tomorrow night and we're also going to dive into our first throwback thursday so we're going to be looking at some his- some uh, some saints history before the season begins and then you're also going to hear part two of my conversation with brian b enemy brian from nola east this is the portion to where we're talking about tomorrow night's game so all that's coming to you tomorrow morning ahead of the game thank you so much for checking us out remember uh, that you can find us on apple Podcasts, google play wherever it is that you find your podcast and of course you can follow me on twitter at ross jackson asc i love hearing from y'all trust who that nation I'll holla at you.